Hello, 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 my fact friends and fiends. We are back. Season 3. The real season 3. And it will be happening soon. We are just putting those finishing touches on a lovely set of confusing stories. Quests with no ends, as of yet. And potentially some of those updates we have on cold cases that we discussed in previous seasons. But we also have paranormal or extraterrestrial phenomena to discuss as well. Remember, we're here to talk about the facts, as reported. Some old voices, some new voices, and some voices in between, which would be mine, are going to be here once again. So get ready with us with a trip down memory's memory lane with these friend-voted favorite episodes. Don't worry, I didn't go for the Cecil Hotel or anything. We remember that one. And if you don't, please feel free to hit pause and go back. Nate Ruger and I take turns blowing each other's minds. However, without further ado, I bring you The Island of the Dolls from Season 1. I hope you have as much fun as we did the first time we did this. And get ready for those new episodes coming soon. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with an acute obsession of true crime, caught discussing tragic events with unwilling participants, or kept awake at night by the paranormal or just plain absurd, you've found the right place. All others, beware of catching this dangerous bug as we begin to talk about the facts. Welcome back to Let's Talk About the Facts. For those of us who still don't know us yet, and that may still be a lot of you tuning in for the first time, as this is still a small-time organization of me, we are a podcast of cold cases, bizarre phenomena, and the wildest stories I felt like researching, and we are going through spooky season! And today, I have a fact friend requested story. So thank you, Twitter user at CountMyStars, for suggesting I hit this one for this spooky season. Because honestly, it's just a real skippy journey. And it features one of my top three most horrible fears. Woo! So with me today is Kelly Larson. Tell us about yourself, Kelly. Um, I am an assistant in Hollywood. I'm a writer and I have a very, you know, boring life to be completely honest. So I'm excited to be doing this. Well, pure lies in that boring life because <laughs> A, I'm in it. Second, you're a horror fan. I am. I am. I got that love for my boss, Kevin Williamson. So I'm very lucky there. Shout out to Kevin. Um, you know, we got to get Kevin on here sometime and be like, I mean, hey, why not? Let's talk about the spooks. He's the godfather of modern day horror. Why not? Oh, I love that. The godfather. (laughs) 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 So also, hey, Kelly, what's today? October 3rd. It's the day we all ask Stan Samuels what day it is, because that was a group journey together. I know that this is going to be released on the 9th or something. I should check the calendar. But we're recording on the 3rd, and this is a holiday. And yes, the day before, yesterday, was my birthday. But this is a bigger holiday, maybe. And yeah. 
Don't sell yourself short. They're both holidays. You say sell yourself short, but I'm only five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so boy. Sp- speaking <laughs> of myself, I am your host, Elizabeth Fieri, and I still need no introduction. And that's because I'm about to roll through this story like a roll of toilet paper in a public bathroom when the embarrassment is at the most supreme moment. And if you have listened to literally any other episode, you know that there is a non-zero chance I'm going to mispronounce something. And so it may be a worthy drinking challenge to take a sip when I screw up a pronunciation. A drinking challenge? You didn't tell me that I should have alcohol ready for this. You know, I didn't want you to be smashed by the end of it. (laughs) I'd feel responsible. Who doesn't want to be smashed on October 3rd? Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) <laughs> we should do that after it. Just take notes. Yeah. We'll take notes. It's fine. It's going to be great. But see, heads up, I cannot roll my R's. I can't do it physically. It doesn't happen. Ooh. I spent three hours in my like freshman college dorm with my like roommate and my sweet mates. And we were trying to like get me to roll my R's. And I swear, you know, that face that the kid's making with that one meme where he's about to crap his pants. Yeah. Yeah. That's like where I was. And so oh, the Colombian take... in me is just like, I know a little bit inside. <laughs> oh, trust me. Trust me. I know it's been a joke in my life for so long. It hurts. <laughs> and like, I take zero responsibility for anyone to get shit faced or hilarious behavior after, but please tell me all about it on Twitter. So also this story takes place in Mexico. So we're about to have a good time. Obviously. Yes. So it does remind me, though, before we get started, I had two questions from um, listeners that I got in my personal DMs. So I wanted to share the answers that I gave them. So the first question, and these are both regarding the Cecil Hotel episode, was why I did not talk about the victims of the Night Stalker, but I did talk about the victims of Jack Unterweger. So that was definitely a choice. Jack Unterweger's victims have all passed away as a result of his actions, of course. And Richard Ramirez had survivors. I didn't want to pick and choose who to mention as they're both still alive and may want their privacy. So now and going forward, I chose not to mention any as to not seem like I was picking like out of importance. Um, I want to preserve the privacy of the living, if you will. So, like, I don't want... There's so many people who have been victim of victims of violent crimes, and they say it's unbearable because people continuously come after them and ask them questions and all of that, and I just don't want to be another one of those people who sends anyone toward them, if that makes sense. Uh, the second question was, would I ever cover a serial killer at all as... Anyone who did listen to the Cecil Hotel episode um, knows that I don't care to glorify serial killers. But the answer is yes, I would. Absolutely. I would like to cover it from a victim's point of view and discuss the psychology that was discovered or analyzed as a result of catching a killer, but not making excuses for chosen actions. So other podcasts do cover serial killers in depth, but... They go through their backgrounds, and I'll be choosing to go from the actions. It's a choice, but it's my personal take and philosophy that we don't hear enough about the victims and the lives lost, so that's the podcast I'll be instead. 
So those I are... love that. I love that. I think that's so important. Just so you know that, oh, like, thank you. I I completely agree. I think all these movies that are like Jeffrey Dahmer, his best friend, humanizing them. It's like some people are just monsters. Or even if you are quote unquote humanizing them, you're forgetting the people who didn't do anything and didn't deserve to be a part of the story in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Exactly. And so. I don't want to be that podcast you know there totally. are other podcasts and if you'd like to hear about it that's totally fine I oh, agree. yeah like yeah they're out there there's they're they're everywhere you can find them i think this is a better take though just between us oh thank you just between us and our fact friends obviously <laughs> but also like i don't know of another podcast that covers it from there so i'd like to you know be a voice for the victims and hear about I'd like to research and hear about like who was lost rather than who's sitting in San Quentin oh agreed it's like the killer um what was it no the keepers I thought the keepers was so well done because it focused on the victim that's a big inspiration for me in starting that on starting this podcast almost at that podcast oh my god which yeah (laughs) no but it's it's true it's like you want to hear from the victims it's like how um unbelievable Yes, absolutely. The Netflix show. That's why I, because I, everyone was telling me to watch that. And I was like, I, look, we see rape against women all the time on TV. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gratuitous. It's disgusting. And I'm really tired of it. They were like, no, 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 no this is different. This is different. And yeah. it is because it's, it's literally the victim's POV. They don't, they don't like linger on the rape. It's about the victim and I, yeah. the trauma after. So, yeah. And living through it in her mm-hmm. eyes, I felt like you definitely, especially when it comes to these true crime stories, a lot of times, either due to the amount or due to like the, the content of the story, it gets glossed over. They're just a name. And we don't want these women, mostly women, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, let's, let's be honest here. Women yeah. have been attacked far more. <laughs> definitely. Um we don't want them to be just to name anymore. They had lives, they had futures, they had careers, and it doesn't matter what they were, what path they were on. If they just were going to be a homemaker, that was their choice. And that was a future that got taken away from them. Oh, yeah. It's in episode three, we talk about the wrongful death of Andre Jones and how we never had the opportunity to have him in the world because of the actions of someone else. And taking the moment to remember who these people are is very, very important to me. And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of the advocacy I want to do with this podcast. Love it. So wonderful connections there. Thank you, Kelly. Of course. So I will say that this specific episode does not have that, but I feel as if our main person had the same feelings because this episode is island of the dolls or translated i hope i say this correctly uh isla de la munecas de las munecas it's plural it was a valiant a valiant effort no one can blame me for trying yeah it was good i took french guys i'm sorry i did too i did i took french and my grandfather's until he died, hated me for it. <laughs> <laughs> I took Latin and then I took French and then I was like, why did I do both of this? But then I was like, 
Nah, if I went back, I'd still do the same thing. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Great languages. Yeah. All languages are good languages. It's good, fun. Good languages. Like, look, you got the Duolingo app now, and it that owl will threaten to murder you. It's fine. You'll oh have a good time. God. I have I nightmares know. about that owl. I'm telling you. That's a story you could do. Let's uh, let's do, do a story about the, the murder owl. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to murder you in your sleep. I want exactly. a version of that, like, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf song, but, like, actual murderer Duolingo album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, It'd be 10 perfect. 10 would watch, would listen. Yeah, it would. It'd be my, like, phone cell, cell ringer. I don't think I've ever changed my cell ringer since, like, 2007, but Me I might do it for that. Why not? Um. So I am really excited to jump into this one, and I've got to give you some personal details because it's going to definitely give you some context as to why I'm terrified of this place. So it has everything you could want in a story, but also one of the things I am the most terrified of in the world, and that's dolls. So I think it definitely stems from the fact that, so Robert and I have an older sister, and Robert's my older brother, Kelly. But I think you knew that from my Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She, like, basically forced me to watch Goosebumps because she wanted to watch TV and I was four. And we, like, you know, wanted to watch different things. She was 14. I was four. Barney was not going to win, you know? And so she wanted to watch the show Goosebumps, which was on air from, like, 95 to 98, I think. Created so many traumas for so many children. Literally. Some of them didn't bother me, but... So, oh, I was, like, four to seven around this time. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I think, like, not too many bothered me, like, bothered me because I wasn't paying attention. But, like, I have to ask Robert because he'll be like, no, you are, like, a total nightmare after this one episode. (laughs) But I do remember, like, him not being thrilled that we watched... Some of these, but he really wanted to watch the show too. And no, like, no shade. No shade. He was 12. No shade. Um, <laughs> he did, he does so much for me. I can never throw shade on them. But so there's this episode called Night of the Living Dummy. And I have had trust issues with dolls and like ventriloquist dummies ever since. I had mm-hmm. to tuck my dolls away to sleep, I had to put them like in the closet and shut the door. And I had to put this one porcelain doll away. I don't know if I've seen it since the early 90s. Like, I really don't. I vaguely remember this episode. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's like between that and the Buffy episode with the ventriloquist puppet. Oh, God, I almost had a heart attack and I was an adult. Yeah, yeah, because I watched that in high school and I was like, why does this feel reminiscent of something horror? I have a feeling it was that. Yeah, it was awful. But so, like... Back in the day, you had to be, like, a strong kid and be like, that didn't bother me. I was so fine. I can watch all the scary God. things, right? Millennial millennial children, I have to – anyone listening that's Gen Z, as a, as a child, if you, were a, if you are a millennial, yes. you had to watch, like, all the scary, spooky stuff. Oh, yeah. And, like, I have friends that are like, oh, I watched Alien when I was five with my dad. It's totally fine. And I'm like, who – what? Who hurt you as a kid to want to watch all of these things? I watched one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And that was the the swimming pool one where the oh, monster dear comes God. out from. Yeah, 
It is a universally hated episode because it gave everyone a fear of swimming pools. But I like these these people, these millennials are like, no, it was the best episode. I'm like, if by best you mean most traumatizing, then yes, you win. Congratulations. See, I also watched Alien at a very young age, but I had two siblings who were 10 and 8 years older than me. So I feel like my parents kind of forgot what child appropriate was until (laughs) like they started going to church and then it was like this huge reversal and I was like the cat's out of the bag guys (laughs) you can't just put it back in yeah like I mean my parents had like a weird skewed version of like what was appropriate what was not my dad fast forwarded through all of the like kissy scenes of Batman, the Tim Burton <laughs> Batman. But for some reason, he thought that everything else was fair game. And like, shout out to Don Larson for just like completely blaring through all the death and fights. He was like, no, that's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. But just Good. don't know that adults can love each other, possibly. Yeah, no. Loving each other is not an American thing to do. Okay. Oh, yeah. But like what I find now is that like, I am so thoroughly desensitized now. And this is what I love about like, not Gen Z kids because they're a little old, but like the next generation don't know what mm-hmm. they're called. I just call them, you know, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but they're so sensitive and I love it. Cause they mm-hmm. should be. They like, Use your emotions, children. Yeah, value that human life. I'm sitting value here watching it. Law and Order and Criminal Minds and Bodies Left and Right, and I'm like, ooh, that's an episode. Like, yeah. what? But, like, these children are going to be the ones that ask for more Gilmore Girls, and I don't think that, like, we have truly appreciated that future yet. Dear God, I know. They're going to be like, how come Golden Girls has been remade rather than, like, some of these oh. other terrible shows? Shout out to the shout out to the all black female rendition of Golden Girls. That was that was peak. Oh, that was amazing. Needs to happen more. It I does. More. Just make it a show. Just Why do not? it. Let's keep going. Let's go. It's not too late. It's really not. We have the technology. It it can be done. Okay. <laughs> if Riverdale gets to go on again. We can get Golden Curls to be on again. I know. And honestly, like, everybody needs it. We're in a stage where we all need it. Thank you. Yes. Like, I used to think I was a huge chicken, right? Like, huge. Mm -hmm. And then I watched The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2, and I was just too obsessed with the chemistry of, like, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Yes! To be scared. I was. Oh, agreed. One thousand percent. Because I watched The Conjuring. I was, like, writing a script, and I was like, oh, I should... I should watch more modern horror to see what I want to pull from. And I watched it and I was like, why did I almost crap myself watching The Descent? But for The Conjuring, I'm like, this ain't no big deal. Like, this is this is great. And yeah. I realized it was because of that man's face. Oh, God. Yes. His face can cure yes. cancer. It could just, it can stop wars. You just get anyone looking at that face and they'll be like, the world, we should be bringing peace to things. Honestly, if he played Zeus, I would get all of the indiscretions. Yes. Agreed. But Agreed. Like, the stories in both of the Conjuring movies, phenomenally compelling. The cinematography, oh, yeah. astounding. Me, mm-hmm. unscared, and loving it. Because yeah. Because I would watch anything with the two of them. Like, oh. Yeah. 
And, you know, Vera Farmiga, like, those eyes. Those eyes, gorgeous. She's in the Manchurian Candidate remake with Denzel Washington. And I wanted to just, like, pass out. It's amazing. I love her. Good actor. I love both of those movies. Oh, yeah. No, totally. So I've already watched them for my Halloween, like, scary movie a day. Oh, man. I am behind. I was supposed to watch because our writer on – by the way, people, I work on Batwoman – and a writer Ooh, yeah. on our show has decided to start doing like a mo- like three movies a day recommendations for people to watch on Twitter. Yes. And there was one that like I wanted to watch yesterday and I just didn't have time. I'm really upset. I understand because it was my birthday. So that's yeah. why I didn't have time. It was your birthday. I had to I had to be I had to be reverent of and the on day. Twitter. And on Twitter. <laughs> Because things happen. And if you don't know what things I'm talking about, please get out from under the rock. (laughs) (laughs) The universe blessed me on my birthday. It was. That's all I'm going to say. It was genuinely like the 200,000 lives came up and embodied Corona and just went ham at that event. That was but somebody said it was the red wedding of mm-hmm. the virus, and I'm I'm just over here sipping my coffee as a uh, oh. COVID survivor. And someone someone wrote on Twitter, they were like, "Man, this is the actual last season of Game of Thrones," and I have to say, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here <laughs> to see like... how this finale plays out. Yeah, like this is way better than what they aired on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, so speaking of politics and all of that, let's talk about the context of where we are in our story before we hop into the story, because lordy lord, is it wild and wildly like relevant to what's going on today. So I decided to do the context of 1950, which is around the year that our hero, I'm going to call him a hero because, you know, why not, is... Um, makes his way to the island which would soon be known as island of the dolls um i decided to do american politics kind of where mexico is because they don't have as many bullet points and then do mexican american politics because i feel like that just kind of covers it right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. though it takes place in mexico obviously we are mexico's upstairs neighbor So the U.S. in 1950 had Harry S. Truman as president, and it's the rise of McCarthyism during the Red Scare. The second one, actually. Joseph McCarthy was a Wisconsin senator, and McCarthyism is defined as the practice of making accusations of subversion or treason without proper regard for evidence. Does that not sound... it, It sounds... Wow, that sounds familiar. I know. <laughs> Just 70 years ago, it's like, hmm. I was like, I'm not going to say it, but I think I said it. Wow. It never, it never went away. Does it it never went away, people. Nope. Those people had children, and they had their children, and now we have to and, deal with that consequence. Well, and they had generational wealth, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, McCarthyism boomed without the se- – wait, within – Within, not without. I lied. (laughs) Boomed within the second Red Scare, which spanned in the 40s and 50s. Yay! Everyone's afraid of communism. Which is like, it feels like 
they thought it was a disease. It's yeah. an ideology. It's like Antifa. It cracks me up. It it's an ideology. It's yes. also like anyone can tell you communism is like big swing and a miss in terms of what they actually wanted. Yeah. But like people are like, it's it's what we fought against. I'm like, no, that was no that you was communi- socialism is very different. <laughs> also, you actually fought against Germany and Yeah. What? It, it makes no sense. People that was a people never cracked open their book for U.S. history. Okay, they just didn't. it's apparent every day. It's it's one of those things where it's like you start realizing no one ever took a civics class. Oh god, and you're just like that or, should be that shit should be mandatory. I, Sorry, I mean, I, I took swore. a civics class, and every single person in that class, except for one, I am eighty nine percent sure that they have no idea, and that they're all Republicans. Mind blowing. Oh, I know. Classic, right? Yeah. I just want to do that, like, uh, Bridesmaids um, thing with the Constitution. No, it's not Bridesmaids. It's the heat with uh, Megan McCarthy where she does read the book, but, like, have the Constitution. Yeah. Slap them with it. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, they they only know the Second Amendment. Yeah, they only know the Second Amendment. Yeah. That's That's the only one they really care about. Speaking of amendments. Because that's my next uh, bullet point. The 22nd Amendment passes, which established the term limits for president. And that's why we've only had a tri-term. Or wait, we have had... I, don't, I did a poorly worded sentence here. Yeah. But <laughs> the last tri-term president was FDR. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because like everyone... There was kind of like a unspoken agreement that people would only do two terms because these people wouldn't actually last over yeah. two terms because they were old white men. Um, but and life expectancy. Life expectancy started getting higher. And we were like, yikes. Yeah, we're like, do we really, do set we really want down. these people to yeah. run forever? We don't want any more Hoovervilles. Mm-hmm. So, which, I mean, we practically have here in L.A., Shout out to my last episode. Um, Yeah. But on the plus side, Peanuts by Charles Schultz was first published. Side note, my first biography, like, you know how you had to do like a biographical or yeah, biographical book report or whatever on someone in like like third grade. Mm -hmm. I chose Charles Schultz. That man... He, to this day, is one of my heroes. He was just all around a good person. <laughs> Don't come at me with anything else. Like, yeah. he just wanted to bring back pure fun. Don't so. at her. And yeah. also, if you at her, then, you know, I'll be all up in your mentions. You know what? I love people coming after me on Twitter. It's taught me a lot. A lot of patience. Yeah. I went to a private Christian, like, school and I feel like that prepared me for literally anything. Oh, God, Not in yeah. the way of, like, education, but in the way of dealing with, act, like, actual Girl. idiots. I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. You know what I'm talking about, then. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. If not, like, I mean, I'm bisexual. I like men and women. But what? I'm the first person to say women are crazy. <laughs> aren't, we are. Like, aren't we, though? We... We 
we have our moments. Not saying that it's like, oh, they're too emotional to get shit done because we're so crazy. We will get shit done on That's time. Literally. And under budget. But. <laughs> possibly two days before the deadline. Yeah, po- possibly two days before. But we have no problems being petty. Oh, yeah. I was petty yesterday. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm saying that knowing that I am petty. Petty is like my favorite art form. I think it's because we have things to prove, but also like it helps us sleep at night to know that we are doing things better. Oh, yeah. And like, I don't know. Straight white men. Watch out. Because Petty Betty is out to play. Like We're just we're tired. Oh, yeah, we're so tired. We're tired. And it's, it's 2020 and, it, and it's been proven now that straight white men cannot be trusted. Literally. <laughs> so, yeah. Like get me, get me more women and women of color in everything. Oh yeah. Hey, the it's like Chad's, right? You can't trust a Chad unless they're self-aware. So you can't trust a straight white man unless he's self-aware yeah. of like. We have, I do have to say our EP is Chad. And he is one of the best allies, the best, like, biggest ally of LGBT. I came out to him. He is so self-aware. He's so hardworking for, like, women, women of color. He, like, he uses his platform as a straight white man in Hollywood to just help every person below him rise up. Chad's, there's hope for you. Chad, look to Chad Fiveash as your, as your goal. Honestly, that man gives me hope and I need to know how he's doing at all times because I will be worried for him. I know. They're going to come for him. We stand a white, a straight white man. Okay. It's not like we're saying all white men suck. We're just saying most of them do. Just enough to make a generalization. Exactly. (laughs) Just saying. If you're going to say all women are emotional. It's like, I'm sorry, but even then, have you ever seen a man on game day when his team loses? Have you ever seen a man cry over calendars? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. With squee. <laughs> that was a low hanging fruit. I'm sorry. It, it's just, it, yeah. Like, you can't say women are emotional when, like, also we're having our insides feel like it's being ripped open once a month and we can still get shit done and so I, like yeah. yeah no i know i know mm-hmm. but back anyways on sorry yes. <laughs> you gotta get a brett kavanaugh joke in yeah i know anytime at least, at least once at least thrice <laughs> yeah actually as many times as you can yeah dearly mm-hmm. so i love lucy premiered also which is marking the beginning of the golden age of television and i would like to submit that the 90s were the platinum because those were incredible shows unique and they had like you had family matters and you had the parkers but you also had full house it was a good show but it was no family matters and like all of these unique and creative ideas that had like wild concepts like gargoyles Oh my God, what was that concept? But I loved that show. Like, it's so good. You can't get that made today. Today, we are desperate as an audience for new ideas and content, but we are in a never-ending loop of remakes, and I hate it. It's so pointless. Thank you. 
It's so pointless. Someone like, called for a Hocus Pocus remake. And I was like, uh, you sit down. Like, we do or, not need a remake. We need a sequel with the same actors. Yeah, just <laughs> doing their thing. Ugh. Like, ugh, it's so upsetting. Uh, but also, 1950, two incredible things happened. We had the first African-American winner of the Pulitzer Prize, Gwendolyn Brooks, for her 1949 volume of poetry named Annie Allen. We also yeah. had Althea Gibson as the first African-American woman to uh, compete in the U.S. National Championship in tennis. Woo-woo! Woo-woo! The CBS broadcast the first TV program in color, and the Korean War began. Boo. So ongoing <laughs> things, the Cold War, 1947 to 1991. I was alive when the Cold War was happening. Same. Uh, Second Red Scare, 1947 to 57. Korean War, 1950 to 53. And guess what's happening? The post-war baby boom. Oh, God. Yeah. That's when I'd never want to tell a woman this, but if I could, I would go back in time and tell all those women, like, keep your legs together. Yeah, Just, we know how your kids turn It's not out. worth it. Like, it's not worth it. Like, Mitch uh, McConnell's mother, I would definitely have a sit-down talk with her about birth control. I would have a sit-down talk with her about how she raised her fucking kid. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, too. But even then, you would be like, wouldn't you enjoy your life so much more if you didn't have this spawn of Satan? Fair Anyways, point. continue. Fair point. So we're going to scroll over to Mexican history. There's not the bullet points like, you know, previously. But in 46, 1946, Miguel Alamán became the first civilian president of Mexico since Francisco Madero in 1916. So they're in the post-World War II years. They allied with the Allies. I feel like... That's a thing in 1940 <laughs> something because I forgot to put the last date like number in the date. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what year it was. I wrote it down on another piece of paper and I forgot to type it. Whatever. Uh, and then there's a massive industrial and economic growth in Mexico. But the wealth gap, the wealth gap intensifies. And so like the population is segmenting by financial class. So, big, big jump. The party, uh, Partido Revolucionario Institucional, PRI, mm -hmm. uh, spends the next 50 years in power for a grand total of 71. So, in Mexican-American history, there's a period from 1946 to 1963, so we're smack dab in the middle, for Mexican-American civil rights. Obviously, because, you know... Civil rights all over the place. It began with like voter registration and then equal housing, education, and then workplaces. Um, in the 1960s, it brought like an emphasis on pluralism with the movement cooperating with certain labor unions and African American groups. But we all know that the United States has done a piss poor job in <laughs> that general arena. And I do need to do, like, more of a deep dive on this side. But I do know that there's, like, still deep tension between the communities. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not that kind of scholar. But, and this, that's another episode. But, yeah. um, 
there's a lot of deep tension between all communities right now. We're in a land divided and everyone is against everyone else, but that's a plan made by the wealthy to focus smaller groups against one another so they're too busy to focus their attention on the wealthy. But that's a story for another day. Ooh wee. Because <laughs> I turned into Mr. Poopy Buttholder. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the setup. Many, many sidetracks, but I don't give a crap. Because... Those are all going to be helpful to you one day when you're on the weakest link, because no joke, the last question on the last week's episode of weakest link was about a, like a, a tidbit of my context. And it was like, who was the inventor of nachos? And I was like, Ignatio Anaya. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got that one. And he <laughs> didn't. Oh, yeah. So now... All of my context is basically prepping you guys for Weakest Link. If you haven't caught it, it's on Wednesdays. Jane Legendary Lynch is hosting. My God. It's amazing, guys. I watched an episode and she's killing it. Oh. God bless that woman. Oh, I know. I, like, honestly, I like, think I tweeted that I would just like watch her sew a dress as long as she was like talking shit, like mad shit about somebody. I would. I would, totally I would honestly replace Ellen with Jane Lynch. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. We have the technology. We but can also, do it. I still want her talking mad shit, you know? Yeah. Like, because I want I want her to be interviewing celebrities and, and just like, raising them and just, like, going to town. Like, all the scandals. It's not like, oh, here's the founder of your baby. Tell me about your book. Like, what was the worst part about writing this book? Yeah. And someone's like, oh, what I got diarrhea. Quit? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that man. would be the stuff I'd actually watch. Because I, I can honestly say I've never seen an episode of Ellen. Nah. Like, I used to work on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think I caught it at a nail salon here and there. But, like, yeah. if I'm going to watch daytime TV, I am watching any of the judge shows. Like, nice. Divorce Court, that's my shit. Love See, that General much. Hospital. General Hospital is my jam. Is that still on? Yeah, it's still, yeah. still on. I haven't watched since they broke up Jason and Elizabeth, but that's that's a story for another day. I need to hear that story. Mm -hmm. Kelly mm -hmm. and Elizabeth talk shit about daytime TV. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> she should have been with Jason. She should have been. They okay, so... Hold on to your tater tots because we are getting into this story. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay. We're on our way to just south of Mexico City, but somehow still in the city's borders. Between the canals of Xochimilco, there is a small man-made island left over from the Aztec Empire that was once part of the Floating Gardens. Okay, well, there's your first thing. It's Aztec. You once you go into the native like history, you know shit's gonna get fucked up. Okay, continue. I, yeah, totally. I referenced this later, like when, mm -hmm, yeah, and mm -hmm. like I remember studying the Aztecs on my own because you know schools aren't cool. And yeah. wow, yeah. They, and wh why did we take them down? Why why would the white man take them down? I Honestly, just should have just left them be. They were they were fine on their they were they were just, you know, flourishing on their own. 
they were doing their thing. Like, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Continue. So the Xochimilco canals are part of, oh, snap. Oh, no, I was right. Are part of a, the last big lake in the area, Teshuilo. Uh To get there, you have to take a ferry from either em- Embarcadero, Cumanco, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Embarcadero, Fernando Salada. Yes, I did that. It's about like a three to four hour trip through terror, but whatever. Because it's like, this is jungly type territory. So Three hour drive? No. Oh, you're in canals, honey. That is like... Oh, God. Imagine you're in a bass boat, but like cheaper with like lawn chairs. God. Yeah. Three to four. So back in the day, like super back in the way back day, the whole area was lakes and the city is built up on the islands. Kind of like island destinations. Mm-hmm. And they would war with each other. So Tenochtitlan, which is now Mexico City, used to be a city on an island and was at war with Xochimilco, another island. But obviously, Mexico City ate up Xochimilco at some point because now it's a borough of Mexico City. Mm-hmm. The area has thousands of people, but the small island is home to... Just over two thousand two hundred dolls in various conditions. As the island is in humid, in a humid and wet climate, the dolls. Is this page? That's page five. Oops, got those out of order. Hold, please. Technical difficulty. <laughs> She's still got it. Oh, we got it. Okay, figured it out are all now decayed and dilapidated, often with missing arms, legs, or even torsos. Often the dolls have missing blank or black eyes. So now that we're well aware of like the actual details of the island, let's take a swan dive into the life and legend of Don Julian Santana Barrera. That first one would be rolled, but did my best. That name is so epic. I know. That name is just like, I immediately trust this man. I Right? So we're going to refer to him as Santana because many of my sources did and I cannot roll those R's. So there. Also, Santana is the name of one of the greatest guitar players ever. So I am all here for this. What a smooth reference. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, the original legend is kind of tragic, but confusing, but it's worth the thought and conjecture. What isn't worth conjecture these days? Yeah. <laughs> because on some level, there's kind of something sweet about it, in my opinion, depending mm-hmm. on like what version of the story feels and sounds legitimate to you. So the local myth of this island has kind of taken a life of its own. As suggested from the title, it's covered in dolls. Visitors claim that the island feels peaceful, sometimes calm, and others feel anxious. Like all the dolls are staring at you. How but- could any how could any right person in their mind think that dolls staring at them is peaceful? Well, maybe they don't feel that like the dolls are staring at them. But it's 
Uh, I know. Not everyone sh- sh- like shares our horrible feelings about it's things. Just dolls. Dolls in general aren't creepy, but if it's a doll in like the outside world that has been cast aside and isn't in some girl's bedroom, like come on now. Oh, they're all strung up. Okay, how like, is that party peaceful? lights? How is that peaceful? Nailed to walls. <laughs> there, oh, there's God. like a shed that's part of the shrine i'll tell you a second that's like covered in dolls There's... oh good lord and you can tell that they were all tenderly chosen to where they were put that's oh yeah so wrong or is it so let's get to the rational first okay, okay. mexico city local don julian santana barrera i tried It just involved jaw shaking. Became the caretaker of the island around 1950. Hence, then, after abandoning his wife and child to live alone on the island. Yeah. So around the time of his arrival, he found a young girl floating in the canal. She had drowned and he was unable to save her. So overwhelmed with grief, Santana created a shrine for her. After finding a doll soon after floating in the same area where he had seen her body. No one knows what was done with her body or if he had chosen to bury it secretly as a way to protect her spirit. But put a pin on that because we're 200,000% coming back to it. Oh my god. So the island is supposedly dedicated to the soul of the young girl who met a terrible fate. However, there are more... there, there are more than I. One theory as to why it is what it is. I wrote a bad sentence. <laughs> two episodes for two there. Uh. Blah. Santana began to expand the shrine across the island to honor her spirit. Quotes. She collect. Wait. He collected hundreds of dolls, no matter what condition, and sometimes even from trash areas. He would even fish them out of the canals, perhaps thinking oh, they were sent to him wrong. from for the island. Why? Why would you get canal dolls? <laughs> just like what? Just leave them in the canal. Well, I think maybe he thought they were being sent to him from like somewhere. You feel me? But they're in the canal. <laughs> like I mean, I, I'm with you. Oh, he's going out of his way for signs. You know, I'm all about signs and having like the universe, God, higher being, whatever you believe in, Mm -hmm. sending you a sign. But when you're going out of your way to do something and you're like, oh, this is obviously a sign. No, it's not. It's not a sign. That's you going to a canal and finding dolls. Well, no, the canal around his island. So my question is, why were there so many dolls in the canal to begin with? But put a pin in it. God. <laughs> this is why I say I'm so desensitized. Like, I, I didn't even, like, think about that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even scared about that part. My thought goes to how unsanitary it is. Oh, oh, we, oh, we haven't even gotten there. Oh, great. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, we're gone. We are off to the races, in fact. 
So eventually, people heard about the island and its strange decor, and they wanted to visit, which honestly, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Why? Uh, Go see a movie. Go, like, yard This is the 50s. People yeah, go like, knit something. Bro. Go listen to things on the radio. You've got time. You know, I take it back. Like, if this was the 50s and I was a kid and I was like, all right, I've got options of, like, kicking a can, hitting, like, this hoop with a stick, or going to go see this bro. Hoop with a stick! Honey, <laughs> I think that's, like, 1700s, not the 1950s. I don't know. I'm just thinking of, like, what did kids do? That's Back like when you day. go to the Pilgrim, like in Massachusetts, <laughs> you go to the Pilgrim area and they're like, here's what these kids did. They had a hoop with a stick. 1950s were a little bit far away from that. I, oh, man. <laughs> I just saying, I grew up with so much technology. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> See, I played this outside. Is, this is the problem. This is why I completely accept all criticism towards our generation. <laughs> <laughs> hoop with sticks sounds like fun it do you ever like does. do you ever like look at these old toys and think man i would have had a lot of fun with that um pogs it was just before my time those like rubber things that you flip inside out and then they just go shooting up oh my god they still make those they do but like it was really big in like the 80s i feel oh, like I the know. 80s and like the 80s right... had great toys 80s had wonderful toys. But then they were all like, security. And I was like, who is swallowing light brights? Okay. My biggest pet peeve is the fact that we don't get Kinder Eggs in oh the United God. States. Because some freaking child had to swallow the toy inside the Kinder Egg. How? Canada Canada's completely fine with it. They've never had an instance. But us dumbasses ruined it for everyone. But I feel like this pandemic has really shown us who, what kind of people those were. Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone likes to blame the McDonald's hot coffee lady. And I'm like, first of all, that wasn't don't even, you ever. Like, that wasn't, even, that wasn't even about it being hot. It was about it giving her third degree burns. And I like, hate when people don't actually do the research on that oh, case. Oh, yeah. It because fused she, her genitalia together. Yeah. Like, don't come after the coffee lady for being like, hey, your idiot employee made it 300 degrees. Like, like that. that's like, yeah. Anyways. Anyway. But then anyway. you have parents who were like, yeah, my kids swallowed light brights. I'm like, why? 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 Have you not taught your child to my not thing put is, things in their mouth? Did they, did they choke? Did they poop them out? It's probably fine. Yeah. They're, they're also just they're an idiot. So you need to be worried more about that front. I know. And so we missed out. Mm. America. <laughs> 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 Roasting it left and right. <laughs> hey, hey, it's patriotic to make fun of America. Okay? It really is. Like, and I don't <laughs> even feel that thing where it's like you can make fun of your brother, but nobody else can. It's like. No, I Please fully make fun of yeah, America. No, they're like your awkward uncle that <laughs> at like Thanksgiving dinner. You're just like they say some shit. It's really uncalled for. We can't call him out because every time we try to call him out, some suddenly he's at the hospital with a heart attack. So it's best <laughs> to just leave him alone and let him just die. But back and in then the, like, you know we'll be fine. Back in the kitchen, you're with all the other 
like moms and aunts going fucking Dennis. Yeah, fucking Dennis. Fucking Dennis. I'm sorry, the wood name Dennis shows up in forensic files way too much. Because Dennis's are are like Menaces. They're just it it's the name. You've just <laughs> set your child up for failure. I wonder if that name will ever come back. I don't know. I'm also apologizing to anyone who's listening that's name is Dennis. I, I like... apologize for your parents being idiots. <laughs> I feel like they know we're not making fun of them. They're like, yeah, all those other Dennis's suck. Yeah. I'm, a, 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 I'm <laughs> clearly no a better one, Dennis. No one in this world ever thinks about intrinsic, you know, thinking about, uh, now I'm losing words, but it's like, you know, thinking inwards on oneself. You don't, I don't know. ever I internalize named, anything. I have a friend named Karen who's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. My mom sometimes is a Karen and I'm like, I, I love you. And she's like, but they're a really nice Karen. So I'm like, we're not talking about that. We're, no, talking we're about not talking women. about people named Karen. <laughs> exactly. We're talking about. Karen is a state of mind. Karen's a type of woman. Yeah. And type of man at some points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've met a male Karen. I worked at Starbucks oh. in Beverly Hills. I mean, oh come God. On. There's. All men in Beverly Hills are Karens, okay? <laughs> Especially if they wear velour. Oh my god, it's not the 1970s. Why would you wear velour? There's a lot of velour in Beverly Hills. If anyone That's who disturbing. has never been to Beverly Hills, it's exactly what you don't think it is. Um, oh yeah. It's not Rodeo. Rodeo Drive is not Beverly Hills. Rodeo Drive is like what Beverly Hills wishes it was. It's like five feet of fake shit. And then yeah. the real Beverly Hills takes over. I love when people come to LA. They're like, can I go see Rodeo Drive? And I'm like, first of all, first of all, it's Rodeo. Second of We're all, it California, is a Rodeo. We're in California and we have the Latino heritage kind of going through everything here. Oh, my Second favorite is um, when like navigational systems can't pronounce street names it's oh sepulveda sepulveda uh tajunga tajunga lajala uh-huh oh that that one killed me kahuanga I, kahuanga they can, i mean then again siri can't say my last name it goes far it's awesome <gasps> oh boy like every time i'm like siri call robert and it's like calling robert Foyle. Oh, Siri. Siri so, was know. made by white men, so we can't really expect too much of her. Yeah, it's like Kelsey Breeze. Uh mm-hmm. Speaking of white men, we're not going to talk about them. No. Uh, we're we going to go back to Mexico. Yeah. Because Julio, Julian, sorry, Julian. Have I been calling him Julian this whole time? I'm not oh, sure. man. Someone's going to tweet at me. Uh. <laughs> you know what no this is let them tweet because it's an educational moment for you if they want to explain to you how it's actually pronounced i feel like i did call him julian but now i'm just questioning myself oh well he had a nephew and mm-hmm. his nephew's name was anastasio which is the coolest effing name i've ever heard because you know there's anastasio which is or Anastasia, which is a makeup line, and then Anastasia, which is a Russian name, but then you have Anastasia, which is a bad-ass male name. I'm such a fan. 
uh, Anastasio Santana, which was his nephew, and he currently maintains the island a bit. I'm not sure if he, like, lives there or just goes to take care of things, but I do know I will never, ever be going there. And there's enormous spiders. I'm afraid of dolls and spiders, and if there's roaches there, which I'm, like... Is this Mexico or is this Australia? Mexico. No, I'm just saying about the giant spiders and well, like, the giant, like as in, as big as your hand with like leg span. Nope. Yeah, I noped the fuck right out of there because I mean this nope. is in Mexico City, city, city. This is in Mexico City, like out like skirts canals. So mm. they haven't met like spider spray and also mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so it's like my triad of absolutely not because if there were roaches specifically like the water bugs which there's canals so um yeah i'd go to mexico city in a heartbeat but this uh no so anastasia was with julio we're doing a first name basis here because there are two senior santanas here Mm-hmm. Um, and according to Anastasio, he left Julio behind for just a moment to go do something. And when he came back, he found Julio floating in the spot that he claimed to have found the girl in. He had suffered a heart attack in 2001 at the age of 80. And he had been found within like the hour by his nephew. So he had a heart attack, fell into the canal right where he had allegedly found the girl and died. That's how so that's why you don't move anything when you find it. Huh? Just don't move anything when you find it. Don't. Just, just let it be. Honestly, just don't go on haunted islands. But you know, well, yeah, not- and don't don't go on haunted islands with creepy dolls. I'm telling you guys. So if you want to visit the island today, Anastasia will tell you the story for $2. But if you do not tip that legend among legends... At least $20 for even being there. You are a cheap elephant. I will personally send someone to haunt you. Like, I don't know what my rapport is with the ghosts on Earth, but Anastasio is doing some good work here. So give that man dollars. Get cheap tourists. Yeah. Like, is his uncle the only one that has perished besides the little girl there? As far as we know, I mean... Then, yeah, know. he's doing a damn good job. Right? <laughs> like, that like, could be a hellmouth for all we know. <laughs> I know. And he's just strolling. He's just, he's keeping those spirits at bay. He's I'm like, you saying. know what? I'm doing the Lord's work here. Just <laughs> give that man $20. It's, it's the least you could do for like, our sanity. Literally. Oh, but, you know, God. we are in pandemia. So you can do a safe spider-free tour from your own home. What? Yes. You didn't, oh my God, that's amazing. Where can I go? Okay, so you better find a way to give Anastasio some dinero though, or I will yeah, also send yeah. people to haunt you, like haunt you. The island's website, Isla de las Muonecas.com, has a terrifying photo album section and video documentaries available. Americans can't leave the country right now. Wonder who, like, forgot about that. I'm just saying that. that's a good thing. Yes. Americans like mess up everything that you they should touch. be so it's a good thing we can't leave yeah you should be at home if you aren't at home but that's a big old yikes anyway <laughs> <laughs> check it out if that's your speed 
this is all of like the rational parts of the story, like all of the things that you have to believe because they happened. And then we're about to like leap straight into the fun parts, what people report seeing, feeling, and what Julio, Julian, I, that's why I keep messing up. Julian allegedly believed. Mm. We'll be back after this short message. Have you been suffering backaches? Have you had your foot go to sleep after sitting on Zoom call after Zoom call? Has your dog felt neglected because all you do is sit there and type all day long? Is your posture leaning closer and closer towards hell? Well, I have an amazing product for you. It's called Get Off Your Ass and Take a Walk. That's right. Get off your ass and take a walk. For the low price of subscribing to a tier of Let's Talk About the Facts Patreon, you too can take, feel great about getting off your ass and taking a walk. Be sure to wear a mask. Stay six feet apart and give a hearty salute to any neighbor who is practicing safe social distancing. But what's so great about getting off your ass and taking a walk from LTATF? We give you the social right to flip the bird to any mask hole you see with a mask on their chin, under their nose, on their head, or one that is totally invisible, aka <laughs> doesn't exist. You can even shout mask hole if you feel so inclined. <laughs> Saving oh one God. another in this pandemic is a crucial, even sometime in the future Wait, I messed up. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Saving one another in this pandemic is... Pandemic world is... Oh, my God, I messed up again. Hold on. Saving one another in this pandemic world is crucial, even while getting off your ass and taking a walk. So subscribe now and get a free sticker at some time in the future when I make one. That's right. <laughs> get off your ass and take a walk. But let's talk about the facts. Certain conditions apply. Individuals' results may vary. Well, I feel like I was just added and and called out harshly. <laughs> I personally feel attacked right now and all. I just came out to have a good time. You're going to have a good time <laughs> getting off your ass and taking a walk. You know what? I we all should get off our ass and take a walk. What I hate is the fact that I keep saying ask instead of ass, but mask it's a, and ass. It's a mood. It's a mood. Also, mask holes. Yeah, I'm going to say it now because they're all over Sherman Oaks and I'm looking at you guys. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. They're all over Valley Village. I was surrounded by Chad's the other day one night. Oh, no, God. no masks. And I was just like, really? But then again, like risk to bodily harm. It was high. So I just yeah. like, stood there. But then I had my dog who was like ready to bite. So chilling. So, <laughs> you know, a $5 subscription to help keep the podcast alive. And you too can get off your ass and take a walk. And when you see that mask hole, just flip them the bird. They won't see your face, just your mask. Anyway, we're back. And we're going to get in. To the spook spook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't had uh, any commercials before. That was the first time. So 
yeah, I feel like that one worked out. It was very unique. Yeah. 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 So we have Santana, who... Oh my God! I don't. Who am I talking about? <laughs> now I'm writing Julio. I feel like his name is Julian. I don't trust me. We're gonna say Santana, and we're talking about the first one. Okay. So his family, to this day, claimed that the young girl never existed, and it was something he yanked from his imagination. Additionally, many p- people and reports have concluded. That the girl was made up by Santana in his solitude. However, if you learned anything from the Sally House, that demons, if one is to believe, often present themselves in non-threatening forms as children. Which, side note here, is the most threatening form. And I would bail so fast, like 911, I have a child in my house and I need someone to come and get it. I don't know it, it needs to leave. Yeah, honestly... Children scare the crap out. I I love kids. I babysit. By oh the yeah, way. same. Kids are kids are great. They're wonderful. They're scary. <laughs> like if I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a kid in my face, I'd be like, yeah. "Where's I, somebody call like?" Immediately get the salt, get the steel, get the get, silver, get the rock, get the rock, get everything that you can use against spirits because that is just not okay. It's not okay. Like I know we've already talked about possessed children on this podcast, but it's never too late to warn you yet again that holy crap, that's terrifying. And don't do that. Mm-hmm. But if this were the thing, it would explain the seemingly obsessive need to collect the dolls, like perhaps as a way of warding off whatever had manifested on the island or like at least or, to satiate it or... to leave him alone. Did he trap the spirits in the dolls? Exactly. That's what my next one is. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I love the fact that, like, you had the greatest, like, next leap. Because <laughs> Santana is also theorized to have been haunted by the spirit of the girl from the canal. And he started to hang more dolls, hoping to please her spirit. But the dolls were possessed by, allegedly, spirits of other dead girls. And he continued to collect more dolls, hanging them all over the island. This also could ring a bit of truth, because Tenochtitlan, olden days Mexico City, and the capital of the Aztec Empire, did have a temple of human sacrifice. And if one is to believe that a spirit hangs around on Earth with unfinished business it could be assumed that the spirits taking over these dolls could even be those sacrificed in those rituals i personally don't know enough about like aztec like religious rites and that feels like another episode like entirely but it could explain a lot of behavior and feelings that people get when visiting the island um Those close to Santana said that he seemed compelled by unseen forces, one that completely changed him once he began to collect these dolls. He spent 50 years of his life collecting them until he met the same fate as the alleged young girl. So many believe that he joined the spirits on the island. He's buried on the island with like this lovely grave marker and shrine, I believe done by Anastasio. And the Mm -hmm. locals believe that the island of the dolls is charmed 
After Santana's death in 2001, it became a tourist attraction, and it's customary for visitors to bring new dolls. Though the island seems like a labor of love, possibly even admirable, the actual place has become very dilapidated and nightmarish as it's lived on without Santana's care. So Anastasio's not keeping up with it? I don't think he, like, really can. Like, he keeps up with, like, I think, like, the gardening part. But, like, Mm -hmm. if I think this is total editorial. But Mm -hmm. I think perhaps he's like, that's not my thing to touch. Yeah, I see that. It also probably is just too much for one person. Yeah, I mean, poor Santana, like, worked his booty off. And then he saw a dead girl in a river. So, like... Would yeah, you so blame anyone like, else for not wanting to be as dedicated? <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's not his circus, not his monkeys. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, as far as I'm aware, like, he upkeeps a couple things, but, like, the dolls, he doesn't, like, dust them. But also, they're outside. So Ooh. what are you going to dust? Yeah. That's like... Um, but they were outside, like, obviously when Santana was there. And I don't think he dusted them either. Um, so, my favorite section. Haunted or naunted? Ooh. <laughs> Nate was not pleased with that title. In the last <laughs> episode, he was like, are you serious? <laughs> you were like, yeah. He's like. You know you what? Serious? I love a good, like, pun. Yes. <laughs> play on words like come on and like Let's we actually could see each other and so <laughs> i gave him that like spongebob face of like pretty patties yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like no <laughs> but then again like nate knows me well enough to be like of course you would not surprised mm-hmm. um so take that nate <laughs> And it's going to come on and be like, why are you coming after me? <laughs> so, note to self, have both Kelly and Nate on this next episode. I would love to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, it's time to go down, Nate. <laughs> Bring to... it on. <laughs> Unfortunately, note to self, I have no idea what the next episode is. We are going to find out together. <laughs> Exciting. Um, so, haunted or naunted? I wonder how many people hate that I call it that. Uh, Three main ghost theories pervade. Did Santana continue his collection to appease the young girl's spirit, continue to collect vessels for the spirits in the canals, or protect himself from something dark? What do you think? What are my options? It's protect from something dark. Collect the vessels for the spirits in the canals. Or appease the young girl's spirit. Maybe she was like a Princess Morbucks and needed dolls, 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 dolls. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a mixture of everything. Oh, I like it. So. You've got, you can't put all demons and spirits into one basket. That's too oh, yeah. generalized. Let's respect them for being individuals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like he, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of with you on that. Like, if I were to say if it were haunted, I feel like if there was a young girl, because again, we don't know, I could see him having buried 
said young girl. I want to believe like the best in him. Yeah, I I believe that if anyone were to see a dead body, your first instinct isn't to let it rot in the river. It's to let it rest in peace. Yeah. And part of me feels like he would have buried it somewhere like safe, but not tell anyone. Yeah. Because I feel like he didn't have anything to prove. Mm-hmm. Like, what's he going to do? Dig it back up and be like, here she is. Yeah. No. Like, he's going to be like, well, sucks to suck for you guys because I know she was there. Yeah. But also, uh, it could implicate him. Why would you? Why? Yeah. That's my biggest fear is coming up on a dead body because I'm like, ah, shit. Now they're all going to be after me, even though I'm just an innocent standby and bystander. Standby. <laughs> standby. Oh, God, I hate that word now. <laughs> but also, I got to know, how many dead bodies have you come across? You'll never know. I'd like to, off the, off the record. Because <laughs> we'll now be investigating those without your implication. We have your next episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. Who Kelly killed? You know, a lot of people have crossed me, Elizabeth. I mean, same. No one knows how many people I've killed. Yeah, it's just... To the FBI person listening in on my phone, I have killed no one. I mean, it is like more than or equal to zero. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say that. But it's a non-zero for how many plants I've killed. (laughs) For plants, so many. The, the, to to honor what today is, for plants, the limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was that laugh? But yes. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we like to call in screenwriting a callback. <laughs> not a bystander. <laughs> not a standby. Not a standby. No, she's actively participating. Mm-hmm. But do we believe that girl existed? Obviously, I just hit that. And if the island is dedicated to her and her spirit, even if it were a demonic presence, many visitors feel like the dolls turn their heads and watch visitors. The dolls are most often seen as threatening, even when they're seen in the daytime. However, a lot of reporting... Uh, or blah, 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 blah. A lot have reported they are far more disturbing at night, as is literally everything. All- <laughs> yeah, that's, first of all, with the dolls following you, that's basically like the haunted mansion in Disneyland. You always think something, like, depending on the perspective yeah. of where they're placed, you'll always think that something is, like, following you with its eyes. But and I, yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, obviously it's scary at night. Why are you going to a creepy island, haunted or not, at night? Covered in spiders. Right? That are as big as your hand. People need to make better choices. I know. Sometimes make I'm better like, choices. You did this to yourself. Like Yeah. Like I'm I'm sorry, but that's like the idiot white person in a horror movie where they just decide to go in and like go into the haunted house Oops. that they have no business in going into. They're doing it on a dare. Oh yeah. Like And I'm it's like, like oh. So in the past few episodes I have said that there are sometimes situations where like, oh, look, there's a million dollars in this empty room, but there's a dog sitting out of it, staring at it and like 
I'm not doing it. I don't need a million dollars bad enough to die for it because what am I going to do with it if I'm dead? That's like, my biggest thing. It's <sighs> That's why I don't get all these episodes of television like procedurals where they're like, oh, I'm a suicide killer and I'm doing it for money. That's a terrible, terribly written episode because it doesn't work for me. Like, You eventually get caught. But also, you can't spend the money if you're dead. Yeah. Wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that the scenario is that they have to kill themselves to get money? Yeah. What in the... Okay. What writer? What writer? I've watched a lot of procedurals here. I'm... Lord, like, I would understand if it's for their family. If they're like, look, I don't have life insurance... I don't have anything to leave my family. We're about to become bankrupt. This guy offered me a million dollars if I killed myself. Million doesn't like, go that far. Yeah. It doesn't go that far, but depending on how much debt, like it would have to be, you know, debt to whatever yeah. ratio. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I could do something else. I could get a life insurance policy and then do that and then get the million plus the life insurance policy. That's what I'm thinking. But anyway. Uh, make it look like an actual death, not a suicide. Yeah. Also, shout out. Everyone should really right now be looking into life insurance, especially given what's going on right now. I feel like it's like extremely expensive because all insurance is a racket. Uh, I mean, find $16 a month. How do you have life insurance? And I don't. And I think we're like <laughs> roughly the same age. Yeah. I did it because... I have student loans. Oh, that's fair. And I basically was like, I'm not leaving this to my family to handle. Um, also, just to cover, like, funerals are like $40,000. Oh, dude, I want to do that natural funeral where they just, like, wrap you up and stick it in the ground, like, in gauze. Yeah, that's all why I not? want. Why like, not? don't put me in a casket. Literally, get me, the, get me one from Costco that's, like, I don't even want 800 that. bucks. Shove me in the ground keep the rest of the money that I have saved for you guys. I'm like, wrap me up in some gauze, toss me in the ground, and play the theme to, like, Rawhide or something. <laughs> Good enough. Wait, isn't Rawhide the one that's like, dun 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 like, dun Rawhide! Yeah. That sounds like a great way to go out. <laughs> that was my grandma's favorite show. I have never <laughs> seen the show, but the song is great. The song is iconic. Like, that's a great way to go out. Like, could you imagine a bunch of people, like, standing around a grave want, no, with no, a no, body no. just tossed in? I and... want Another One Bites the Dust. Oh, my God. over my funeral. I'm sorry, but I give me, give me the Freddie Mercury vibes of going out on top, being like, fuck all y'all. I dig it. Bye. <laughs> I did want, for the longest time... Um, always look on the bright side of life. But, you know, yeah. right now we're at the life's a piece of shit part. and Yeah, we're just, honestly, I'm at the, like, fuck all this noise. Yeah. If so I die, rawhide. I die. Yeah, so rawhide. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. You're completely right. I was wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but rawhide. Watch me play, like, just a part of that song at the end of this episode. <laughs> just just have it playing. Just Even if you cut this part out, just have it playing at the end and <laughs> no one knows why. <laughs> but like just enough to not get in trouble for music licensing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Oh, glorious. Oh, so 2,200 dolls. That's a lot. That's a lot. I don't have 2,200. My question is, who put them there in the first place? He did. But, but like, he brought... He started with the one they found in the canal after the young girl, who still remains nameless. And so... And then he started collecting. Yeah, he would, like barter them for, but like, like the hanging them upside like no who said you're not being down? reverent <laughs> you're being who, stupid who said upside down i don't know there's like a monkey know. with shades i'm throwing that out there but like and if the girl exists what do you do with her body i already hit that and like i would have assumed he'd bury her have a grave for her and that's why i'm leaning towards that Maybe she could have been in his head, but at the same time, like realistically, oh, like you think it sh- was like a demon that made him think it was Mother Mary or something? That could be messed up. But like, like I'm, yeah, especially because of like the heavy Catholicism down there. But also, he's in Aztec land. It, yeah, it's like basically like a, a spirit being like, I'm, I'm gonna fuck with your mind because screw you for because being... I have nothing better to do. I really don't have anything better to do. But also, like, I feel like it doesn't make it any less real for him. Because it could have been as real as you and me communicating right now over the internet. But Eh. (laughs) he may have had some mental condition or the spirits playing in his mind. But we also don't know the reason that he just up and left his family. I mean, was he in the war? I was he dealing with PTSD or something? I don't know. That would be an interesting thing to research if anyone off find of this it. finds a yeah finds a find way it. to contact. Because oh maybe yeah because he would have been just... like about thirty when he would have rolled into the island. And this was nineteen fifty ish. Ish. So he could have been in World War Two and seen some child get blown up. And that could have really bothered him, yeah. And maybe he yeah. saw something there that reminded it. And maybe it's just a trigger. Because it, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like normal behavior. Oh, of obviously. course yeah. This is obvious. We are saying that this is unnatural behavior. But it's also like, I, I wouldn't put it past some kind of traumatizing event kicking it off. Oh, of course. Because in, in your 30s, if you're schizophrenic, that usually onsets in your early 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so it's, it's, it's not like, something like that. It's your 20s somewhere in there. Because you, yeah. you could have it in your late 20s. Yeah, you can have it in your late 20, 20s. But, but at the same he would have he would have started to see things and hear things before then if he's in his 30s. Yeah. And at the same time, I don't feel like other people... I don't think he played up the idea of the island being haunted. Like, I don't think his idea was, oh, this place is haunted and yeah, come see it, check it out, you know? He thought it was peaceful. So I don't think, if it's a spirit, I don't think that she or it meant any harm. Yeah. She probably saw something in him that was lonely and reached out to them. Exactly. And if she was comfortable there, of course, 
many spirits would probably be in the area. And she was like, hey, come join me. And so the Mm -hmm. compelling or the I almost said the compilation. That's not the word. (laughs) But him feeling compelled to hang other dolls, maybe for the other spirits in the area to like finally have some sort of peace, like somewhere to just sit and rest. It could have just drawn more children, if especially if they came to him as children. Yeah. It, it would be interesting to see what kind of, like, things were going on near that city in terms of, were, were there any massacres of children? Were I there any know. murders or, like, serial killers at the time? I tried to find out, and I kept hitting dead ends. I couldn't find yeah. anything specifically. Well, I believe it because in terms of, like, serial killers and, like, mass murders... Yeah. Stuff like that didn't get reported until, like, the 70s and the 80s. Gotcha. In, like, the 50s and 60s, it was all about, like, you can leave your door unlocked for yeah. your neighbors to come in. Um, but, But also, yeah. we have just, like, not just relevant, like, recent deaths, but due to the conquest of the new world, if you will. Yeah. So many, like, you know... Yeah, I mean, I totally believe that, too. If it's, like, near a burial site, if it's near where the conquistadors had completely wiped out these natives, um, especially given what they did to women and children, Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if, like, she was... What if she was, like, a princess of the Aztec tribe? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. I By the way, I'm not well-versed in Aztec history, yeah, they probably are. don't have princesses or kings. I but don't think they did. Yeah. But like, if it was someone well off that had been murdered there. Yeah. And I think like, that would be a sweet ending. Because part of this, yeah. like I said earlier, is there's something sweet about it. So like, regardless of what you think of the, di- the island of the dolls, like in regards to haunted or haunted, mm-hmm. which of course, silliest thing I've said in two episodes running. I do no, think... it's great. Own it. <laughs> Own it. Uh, it's mine. Haunted or naunted. Yeah. Um, I do think that there is that like caring quality behind the actions. Of yes. Don Julian Santana Barrera. He saw a young girl dead in the canal, whether it was in his head or in real life. And he wanted to honor the spirit. So did it get out of control? Yes. Does my obsession with video games get out of control? Yes. Which one had an impact on the world? Exactly. Yeah, he also, it wasn't harming anyone. No, if anything. It didn't lead to more deaths. It really kind of just raised like an awareness in the community about honoring the spirit of a child that was lost. Yeah. So I like, like it. One child mattered that much. That you makes know? me okay. Now I understand why people would want to go to the island to like in reverence yeah. towards the spirits. Like I now I want to go and be like, okay, give me a wet wipe, and we're going to clean these fucking dolls. Right. <laughs> but I can yeah. see that, or leave one of your own. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's why I see the like I love the idea that visitors always left one as well like that's kind of awesome in my opinion yeah i like that oh this is sweet okay yeah you think it's a little haunted you think it's a little weird but then at the end you come to the realization like 
it's bigger than a horror story. I like that. Yeah, like, I find it that he was sweet, that he was moved in that way, and he wasn't so desensitized to death and heartache as we are now, or, like, back in the 80s, because, like, yo. Mm-hmm. Wow. But in the end, it wasn't anything, like you said, harmful to anyone, but it sort of left something kind of terrifying, yet, like, beautiful in a way. Yes, it's scary to look at, but, like, if you consider all the reasons why it was there, it has a heart in it. Like me, in the morning, before I've done my morning routine. Yeah. I'm always scary. How does does my dog not, like, run in fear? Um, So I can't say it's not haunted, because the evidence is kind of pretty thick. Like, those videos are terrifying. Yeah. But I love the idea that the history of the Aztec empire could play a role and perhaps the souls of the sacrifice found peace in new vessels and could like finally sleep or rest or something. I don't know. Cause I don't know how those things work and neither does anybody else. But if it does work that way, it's a beautiful thing that was done. And I'm sure many, many young girls were sacrificed and you know, they got to be like Barbie or that Rockian monkey with shades But, like, I feel like that initial girl, perhaps she was real. And maybe you're right. He brought her over in his memory from World War II if he had been a soldier or it was someone that was shown to him as a spirit. Like, maybe he saw her even though it wasn't her body immediately. Like, it was someone who had drowned. Um, The idea of leaving a doll in in honor of Santana and the girl's memory is super sweet too and if I weren't scared shitless of that place I'd do it like I definitely think I would I'd send money to somebody who isn't scared to go do that you know yeah but again virtual tour is available on the website and you can see all the pictures of the dolls not all of the dolls that's a lot but you can see like video documentary type things you can um, basically, it's been 19 years since uh, Santana died. So 19 years later, of course, dolls are going to be in pretty rough shape. Mm-hmm. And many of them, many of them have been up for many years, like between Seven, almost 70 years. Yeah. The original doll's been up for 70 years. So... You can imagine the condition they look at. But yeah. I think all things considered, like, it's still sweet to me. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, he didn't hurt anyone. He just had compassion. It's a sweet ghost story. It is a sweet ghost story. And how often do we get to have one of those? This is what I want to hear more of. Sweet ghost stories. It's like Casper. Give me yeah. more Casper. So true. <laughs> And I wonder, like, if anybody else has this take or if other people are like, oh, he was a pedophile. Like, I don't know. I just don't get that vibe. Yeah. I don't get the vibe either. It would be one thing if he demanded, like, like, I'm not even going to say it. Like, there are other things that he could do that is very pedophilistic, but, like. But just hanging dolls up and minding his own business and taking, like, care of the land. Yeah. No. It's totally fine. And, like, the fact that he dug him out of the trash to give them, like, 
you know, to hang them up as well. So they also had value. That's why, like, I was like, hold on on that. Because, like, because he dug them out of the trash, part of that felt symbolic to me. That he felt that even though they were cast off, they still had value. And perhaps in a way that's kind of what he was trying to say with some of these children or spirits or anything like that. Or I people like that. Who have passed. Like it doesn't matter what state you're in, you still deserve peace. Right. And in a way, that's how we feel about victims of heinous crimes and such. It doesn't matter. Like we said in the Andre Jones episode, it doesn't matter what path you were on. You still had your life ahead of you to make choices to get on a different path and somebody taking your right to make a choice or your right to live your life within the bounds of, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness without harming anyone else, that's not okay. And Yeah, agreed. We will defend you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my wrap-up. Did you have any other comments you wanted to share? Any feelings? Any vibes? I loved this. This was so much fun. I loved having you. You were wonderful. You're going to be back, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. Yes. so this has been let's talk about the facts and if you have stayed this long please know that we do have a patreon now so you can become a subscriber and help me keep the podcast alive you can find the link on our twitter at talk about facts t-a-l-k-a-b-t-f-a-c-t-s also coincidentally that's the same handle for our instagram so feel free to follow us and also talk to us We love talks. We love comments, complaints, gripes. No, we don't. But (laughs) we do not mind being corrected if we are incorrect because we talk about facts. And if we messed up a fact, we should know. And we'll make a correction. But thank you so much for tuning in this week. And we will see you next week. Thank you. This podcast was surprisingly produced by me. Original music by Miranda Miller. You can find us both on Twitter and Instagram at TalkAboutFacts. That's T-A-L-K-A-B-T-F-A-C-T-S. Or email recommendations to ltatfpodcast at gmail.com. Stay safe out there, friends.